Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is. Oh, there we go. Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. Who thought it'd be going on this long? Today's guest, uh, guest, guest is former guest, guest, May Britton. If you are not familiar with May, she is a women's Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. She is the instructor of the kids course at Redemption MMA in Soldatna. She's a really cool lady and she can choke you, which is pretty nice. Uh, she came on because she's awesome. She made the time, and we discuss uh, an upcoming women's Brazilian jiu-jitsu submission-only tournament in Anchorage. Thought that was pretty rad. We also talked about the potential for an EBI or a combat jiu-jitsu tournament on the Kenai Peninsula. If you're not familiar with EBI or combat jiu-jitsu, it's basically jiu-jitsu with open-hand slaps. Wagner Roca, who is a former uh, UFC competitor, is really kind of leading the charge in where you can go and what you can do in this developing sport that was pioneered by Mr. Eddie Bravo. All right. Now, quick solid uh, shout out to our supporters, starting from the very top, Iron Asylum, located on KB Road. If you are interested in what they've got going on to include their $500 for a full year membership Go to Iron Asylum on Instagram or on Facebook. You can look them up and you can check out their new facilities. Now, they are doubling in size. They are expanding. But on the 22nd of November, they're going to be having a, a whiskey and deadlifts get-together party so-and-so. Distance Defined will be playing. This is all going on on the 22nd of November, so that's coming up real, real soon. Now, if you find yourself in that area and you find yourself dying of hunger, ladies and gentlemen, have no fear. The Schnitzel Bomber is there. Open from Tuesday to Saturday, 11.30 to 8 p.m. They make some bomb-ass food, up to and including my favorite poutine on the peninsula. I don't mean to make a knock at the Kenai River Brewery, who make a damn fine poutine, but dollars to donuts, the ones at uh, the Schnitzel Bomber, much better, because they have schnitzel and Gouda. You can ask for Gouda. They will put Gouda on your poutine. Make Goutine. Isn't that awesome? I think it's pretty awesome. All right. Uh, Red Run Cannabis Company, makers of fine, fine oils, makers of fine, fine cartridges, and hash aid. According to LeafLink, uh, the top edible in the state of Alaska. And just like any other bit of lemonade, because that's what it is, it's lemonade with 50 milligrams of THC in it. Just like that good stuff, uh, you know, just like lemonade. Anything you want to do with your hash aid uh, is thing, so, you know, what you can do with your lemonade. For example, I throw in a splash of Coca-Cola, a splash of orange juice with my hash aid, and I just kind of enjoy it. Just roll with it because I'm a grown-up, and that's what I can do because I'm over the age of 21. And if you are over the age of 21, then hash aid. Oh, by the way, you should be in a state where recreational cannabis is legal. And if you live in Alaska, hash aid is what you should be sipping on. Sipping on some hashade. Sip, sip, sipping on some hashade. I don't know. I feel like we've got a hit on our hands. Of course, we get sued by 3-6 Mafia and UGK, but if you're going to get sued by anybody, why not uh, DJ Paul and Juicy J? Because it's 3-6 Mafia. Also, our show brought to you by the fine folks at 5150 Vapes. Solid shout out, fist in the air for Dave Buttonface. He is in D.C. right now. 
fighting for your right to vape on blueberry muffin flavored nicotine juices. He's fighting for your rights, folks. And when he gets back, we will talk to him about his adventures. I'm pretty excited for that. All right, we are clocking in at just about six minutes for this intro. So without further ado, let's get right into it. You're totally fine. One of my favorite things to do is I just, I randomly hit the record button and then, because we we're starting in the middle of a conversation and so we just get to go and it just kind of flows off rather than, right. let me just start this conversation by asking you some weird random questions. Well, that's one of the things I do though, is I, you know, start off with weird questions. And George, it turns out, is not going to hang out here, which is kind of a bummer. Um, maybe he will. I don't know. All right, so today I am uh, I am lucky, blessed. Some would say even blessed Aww. to hang out with uh, with former, uh, future aspiring world Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Masters champion. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, speak yes. up a little bit. I appreciate all compliments. Oh. It makes me glow. At this uh, time of life, you got to take those. Well, uh, take you know, it where you can get take it. Take it where he can get it. And good for you. You and show yeah. enough. You just gotta, you gotta glow. Right. Gotta glow. That's what I always tell my husband. Come on and make me glow. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, if there's someone that is gonna make you glow, it should be a loved one. It should yeah. always be the person that you said I do to. If you're fortunate enough to have that. Unless if you're, you're not, make sure that person leaves early in the morning with breakfast. And if, uh, and my recommendation for breakfast is always gonna be Charlotte's. If, uh, if you've got a stranger that was nice enough to come over and spend the night and you're going to take them to breakfast, take them to Charlotte's. What better way to get to know a stranger post-coitus than eating, uh, eating a crepe? Bagels and coffee. Ah, get, and really, you and know. really good wraps, veggie wraps. I, I don't know. What else does she have at Charlotte's? Oh, they've got crepes. The crepes are mm, the crepes are money. Crepes, they, yeah. So they have uh, two weekly specials. They've got the sweet and the savory. I'm a big fan of the savory just because I don't know. It, uh, too much sweet uh, too early in the morning is gonna fuck up my stomach. I think. Mm. Yeah. I'm a I'm a fly. I love the sweets. Definitely like lots of sugar. That's why I was very sad when that Moose's Tooth place closed down. I don't know. I if I, I was, was depressed. I don't care. I don't know. I, I'd gone there mornings for my kids. Like, uh, they'd have people spend the night, and so, you know, you make something special, and you go to Moose's Tooth to get them uh, a donut. But legitimately, you could go to Safeway, and they would not know the difference. No, that is not true. That's 100% true. Mm -mm. The apple fritters over there at Safeway, they don't even have apples. It's just like an apple flavoring. Yep. The Moose's Tooth, they, they have apple chunks, chunks apple like chunks of apples. Apple fritters are supposed to have apples in it. That's the whole reason you got fruit and dessert. You know, make sure you get a little healthy to a little sugar, fat, whatever. I think it's a balanced diet, that one donut. I'm just saying. Any parent could fight for that. You have gave your child fruit and a little sugar. It's okay. But but here's the difference between you and and a lot of kids and and a lot of adults. You're an active athlete. I mean, if you were if you were like a you know some some chick hanging out every night in front of the TV munching down on on 
on donuts and ice cream, like you'd be, we'd be having a completely different conversation. Uh, I'd probably have a cardiac arrest. Yeah. I'd probably have a heart attack. <laughs> but because I could do that, I could do. That. Yeah. Well, but I like my joints, like not the one you smoke. I like my moving joints, the walking ones. Those, those hurt when you get. Mine are like a scale, and if I get over one fifty-five, no joke. I do the old lady grunt to bend down and get something because my joints are like, it's from having kids. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't think that it's, it's that you're like your sport, your sport of choice. No, man. That thing is, makes me flexible. Is, is twisting. Okay. No. All of your friends try to kill you on a regular basis. I love that. I know who I'm going to have in the foxhole with me. It's not some backstabbing weasel that's smiling at me. It's the person that's actually choked and put me to sleep. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, yeah, because they wait, they waited till I woke up. They didn't just leave me there, you know. <laughs> they were like, get up. <laughs> Let's play again. No. Yeah, no, I'd rather be with somebody I know that has uh, done that, actually. Because then I know. I, I just know that I could trust them. I mean, we've been in a very... I'm trusting them with my life every time I get on the mat with them. That could be some tarred weirdo. I don't know. And he could really choke me and when I tap, not let go, right? I mean, it doesn't take very long and everybody on the mat be thinking that we're just hanging out, you know? But every time one of my buddies has my neck or has my back and they get in that, I know. They're not gonna, they're gonna let go when I tap. I know that, I have to trust that. So have you ever been in a position where someone uh, didn't let go when you tapped? Oh, a white belt. Yeah, then I just piled them because I was annoyed. Like, I tapped and you didn't let go. <laughs> yeah, you kind of retaliate, natural human nature. Okay. But, you know, I mean, it's sometimes they don't know when to let go. You get too excited. You can ask any of my teammates who started with me as a white belt. Like, ask Scotty. You know, Scott Dean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, one time, Scott, I... Scotty was letting me work some arm bars and I got so jacked up, I jumped past his arm and I was like, whoa, Sparty yelled. He just kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? And I was just so excited. I thought I had it. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he trusted me. I didn't take his arm off. And we're all grateful for it. Yes. Because one-armed Scotty is a terrible nickname. Oh, my gosh. He'd still choke you out. He's terrible. He's, oh, he's, no, he's he's a strong guy. He you know? is. He's, yeah. he's a very, very strong man. But he also came from uh, from a powerlifting background before he got into jiu-jitsu. Yeah. He used to lift weights. Like, I mean, like serious weights. Yeah. Strong you know, guy. Not just saying he, like, just lifted. It was a competition thing. So, uh, yeah. so shout out to old Scotty Deans. Yeah, cross collar um, chokes. <laughs> so one of the the reasons here, one of the things that you talked to me about was the women's only submission mm. tournament going on in Anchorage. De yes, in December seventh at Grant Walker's gym, and I actually forgot the name of Grant's gym. I will be on my Facebook, May Britain. Okay. And I will actually shoot it over to Bill Baker's. Uh, yeah, we'll post so it. So you can post it on your thing. Yeah, But absolutely. yes, it is a fundraiser. So I just talked to Grant, and it's actually a female. I just found out more about it. I believe that, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of female competitors in Alaska, but we have some really good female competitors. 
And, you know, why not get together, share, and just have fun? You know, it should be not just competition. It should also, you know, get to know each other because our state is so big yet so small in a jiu-jitsu community that, you know, we, we have so many other people to compete with out of state. You know, in our state, we should at least, like, bring each other together. And, you know, it's a fundraiser. I believe it's for a woman's... Um, they're going to pick one, but I think it's a woman's abuse center, you know, okay. one of those crisis center. I, I want to say women's crisis center. So why do they reach out to you? I mean, aside they from being actually, competitors. Uh, I know Grant and them, and they just, I believe they just put it on Grant's thing. And since we're Facebook buddies, you know, it kind of came on there and I was like, ha ha, look at that. I don't know. But I honestly don't think we've had a woman's only submission tournament yet in Alaska. And I think this might be the first one. I might be out speaking, but not that I'm aware of that we had, so. What know. do you think it is about uh, being in Alaska that, I don't know, kind of creates these these martial arts monsters? You see, uh, well, you saw, you know, Stephanie Clay, uh, I'm sorry, Liz Clay, Liz Clay, <laughs> like, Stephanie's her mom, uh, yeah. but now you have uh, kids like Sean Babbitt, who... Um, Oh, there was a little monster that tried to choke me this weekend. I was at tournament, and I want to say her name is Alana. Alana, she's sixteen. She's a monster. Oh, so glad I got technique, more, <laughs> you know, a little more knowledge. But that kid's gonna be crazy to deal with once she puts it together. I mean, she has it together once she fits it. You know, she. Whew. Hats to her, man. Yeah, you've got you've got some real monsters up here. I mean, there's not a Michelle Young. They're born and bred Alaskan jiu-jitsu. Their dad, um, I want to say his name is Steve Young, was one of the Gracie jiu-jitsu guys, and so he like all his kids. I think there's six of them. The entire group, all of them, do jiu-jitsu. And I think Michelle's the only one that she's really still like competing. I don't know if the guys are. I know the boys are really into it. Okay. Yeah. So how did you get into jiu-jitsu? What was the thing for you? Uh, I wanted to quit smoking. I was 36. And my buddy, Charlie Karen, uh, did jiu-jitsu. He did MMA. Shout out to Charlie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, And I saw, he said, come watch my fight at the AFC when uh, Hutchinson's first started it. So it was like real new. And I then I was like, hmm. I could do some of that stuff, you know, that seemed kind of entertaining. And then it just uh, happened. There was a guy that was out the rec center starting, or no, he actually at the fitness center before it was called something else, Sun Family Fitness or something like that. And out in between Nikiski and Kenai. Okay. And he had a class there, Ken Wake. He was a, he was an entertaining person. Anyhow, so. I got started out with him. I wanted to quit smoking. I just spit out a baby. You, and for chicks, you're at a point where you have a lot of baby fat, a lot of baby hormones and emotions. So you need to do something with that or you get really fat. Like you get fat emotionally and then you get fat physically. It like changes. So if you don't do something with it, it could be anything. It, that just happened to work for me. And so I got into that and I found, finally I found a different coach actually, Rob Couture. I was, I bounced around. It was more MMA. I didn't even do jujitsu. All my teammates were wrestlers. 
like Sean and uh, I had Justin Whitmore. I had all these wrestling monsters, you know, that Jimmy Miller. These guys would kill me. No, they weren't very nice. No, they actually were really nice. But they I didn't know nothing about wrestling. I knew how to street fight, so I can kind of box with them. I could stand up with them, and so that worked. But I didn't do any kind of, like, a gi or real technical jiu-jitsu because we didn't really have it here. So even at that time, ABJJ, which is my mother gym now, they had a group called the Wolf Pack, which was like an MMA group. They were with Gracie. And then they made ABJJ. It was like a huge thing. So the Wolf Pack was like, they were the big dogs in MMA, but they knew jujitsu also. So they, they had like the heads up, you know? And so that was kind of, actually watching them was very entertaining because it brought the ground game morale. And my coach now, Isaac, actually was the first person that I met that knew jujitsu, jujitsu, like he did jujitsu. And he started with Gracie. And then he came down here and I, he didn't want to be nobody's coach. Isaac just wanted to fight and became a coach because he was the most skilled person that we knew at this uh, gym on Funny River. It was like the fight club and anybody who was going to fight in that MMA uh, fight they used to have here like once a month could go and train there at that gym. And then that guy shut that down. And I don't know, Isaac just got a, yeah, I think he just wanted to train. <laughs> he wanted to know, that's what, how it's, he wanted to train. He started training people. And I think George brought the gi up to him. Isaac did the gi when he was in Anchorage, but he didn't do it down here. So I think George brought up the gi and somehow they started the gi. But when I came back after having uh, Benjamin, I went to fight for the belt. And, you know, Isaac, was, I was working on MMA ground game. So it was more like no-gi ground game, you know. He worked that. I still would have a hard time with that because I didn't like being on the bottom. That was very uncomfortable, right? So he, I had the baby, worked construction, changed, <coughs> you know. Start, got really, really fat. Like, I weighed 190. And if you see my body frame, 190 is big for me. Yeah. So, you know, I was chunky. No, I was fat. Jordan Smith called me fat. When I first went there, I paid for a year at Isaac's gym there on K Beach. I didn't show up. Yeah. But I wouldn't stop paying because I knew once I stopped paying, that I'd never go back. Like, you know, it was like this mental lock. Well, you're gonna have to go because you're wasting your money. And I just said, okay, I'll just keep paying. And then, and then I went, I got a, uh, got a gi and went, and Jordan kicked the shit out of me. This, and Jordan was 14 at the time. <laughs> she put me in a complete, I had a claustrophobic attack. I wanted to punch her. She totally boob blocked me, like, <laughs> You know, she had side control and that was it. I didn't, I couldn't do anything. So after that, I was like, that's fucked up. That's not happening. I, I got to change that. I mean, 
can't go fighting MMA and then have this little kid just kick my ass. Like, yeah, it's demoralizing. It was totally... De- I spit out four children. How the fuck is this happening? You know, and it was happening every night righteously. Like, just bam, bam. And then I had another teammate, Mouse. And I think Mouse was right before... She started before I did. And there was, a, there was actually a couple females in the class. So it was really kind of nice to have other females because before when I did MMA there, there were no other females and I was the only chick so it was nice to have other females but it was a huge transition to uh, jiu-jitsu gi rolling compared to no gi no punching <laughs> like, so it took me a while to get used to a lot of that too so what was the biggest part of transitioning from the gi to no gi not getting hit okay yeah it really honestly was because I started MMA with Isaac and he calls me a head case and I probably am a huge head case but it was that whole like dude I don't have to cover up you know there wasn't that worry and you know there was a lot of that pretty much that that transition it that took me a little bit and slowing and all my teammates were very technical you know like they could hold on to something I could not hold on to it the way they could. I had to keep doing it over and over. If I took the time off from the mats, it totally showed. And then that, that discouraged me. <laughs> so what would you say to someone who, um, who is discouraged with whatever it is that they're... Keep going. Yeah. You got to face that. I would spend an, almost an hour sitting out in my car, smoking weed, trying to mentally prep myself to get in there and do what I love doing. It was just emotional, like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me. I'm going to be put in that fucked up position. I'm not going to be able to breathe. You know, it was just, it would, I would cry. And you can ask all my old teammates, they'll tell you, I am a crier. I would start crying because it was so overwhelming. So when I got, like, in a position, like, we would get new people who would come and visit, and they would get me into psych, they would get me in a position and I didn't uh, get so overwhelmed. I could finally see that everything I was doing every night was finally working for me. You know, I didn't have to go and punch this person to get out of a position. I can work myself out of position. I just had to find something that worked and it was like breathing, staying calm. You know, I mean, it took a long time to realize that it was very, Emotional, overwhelming. Now, how long were you uh, involved in jiu-jitsu before you started uh, competing? Mm. My right away, because um, since I did MMA, I didn't think I was a competitive person. So you know, it was I liked competing, but I didn't like that whole. I liked getting ready for competition, but to go and go in front of people. And then what happens if you lose, you fail in front of them? Oh my gosh, that was like a Catholic death warrant. I would, oh, I couldn't, that's just gonna, I would get, so, I would throw up. I would get so worked up over them. But nothing has even happened, you know what I mean? It was kind of like overwhelming. And it was emotionally overwhelming. So I had a shout out to Sonia Johnson. Her name was something before, but uh, she was my gym boss and I had hired her to show me some workouts that could help me in jiu-jitsu because of my age uh strengthening you know kind of thing and stretching muscles and she said 
that uh, you know she because she did judo. Her parents were one of the first uh, people to do judo up in Anchorage, and all the tournaments she had to go against guys, and she would get so worked up. She, she would have to tell herself she was not even on the mat yet. I, she had to realize if she was sitting in the chair in the kitchen, that she was sitting in the chair in the kitchen. She wasn't on the mat doing that. You know, you can have like, what would you do if somebody went for the arm bar? You can have the defensive move, but I can't like predict everything that's going to happen. So what's the sense in me putting in all that energy and getting so worked up that I just, I pretty much blow a wad before I step on the mat. And, and as soon as I get there, I have this mental explosion. It's, I'm just overwhelmed, you know. So it took me a while. So is it like an adrenaline rush? It's like an adrenaline. It's like blowing your wad right before you just, like, have fun. You just, and you're like, oh. I'm so glad I know you. I... <laughs> that's, that's the only word I can think to express it. No, it's fucking great. That no, it works. Just, uh, it, you just... It, you just don't know what to do. And you're the person stuck. grabs you and you're done. And, you know, you haven't done anything. Uh, it always took me to get punched, Isaac said. He could tell the difference. As soon as I got hit, bam. It was like, okay, and now let's go. But in jiu-jitsu, there's no hitting. So it's like that hesitation. It takes me a while to realize, oh, my gosh. So now I have my headphones. I just get into a different area. And I go, okay, we're on here. We're on here. We're good. We're good. Let's go. Let's go. It's got, I do this in class. I have to be ready, but I still get really nervous. But I have, it's just like class. There's nothing that's really changing. That uh, John Donahue guy says that. It's like that plank, you know, the plank is if the plank is on the ground or 10 feet in the air. There's no difference. The plank is the plank. It's kind of that map, what we're doing in class is the same thing I'm going to be doing in that. I'm not going to try anything fancy or new in that tournament. I'm going to do what I do every day because that's what I'm comfortable with, you know. I'm not going to change it. But for me to mentally realize it's taken a, uh, that has taken a while to get there. Okay. It's still going there. I still have moments like, ah, you know. So do you watch uh, female competitors, uh, female jiu-jitsu competitors? And if so, who are you watching? Oh, yeah. So I like Fiona Davis. She's a young chick right now. I think she's in the adult you know, she's a young black belt out of England. I like her. And there's a Gabriella Sanatini, I think. I can't say her last name. She's an Italian chick, another young black belt. But I like watching a lot. I like uh, Claudia Duval. She's a Brazilian. I've seen her compete. I went to the Asian Open and actually saw her compete there. She's a lot bigger. Um, and that was really nice. She was very nice to the girl. Uh, Shout out to the black belt, Kim, that she competed against her name. She was awesome. She's a, a Ribeiro black belt in the Philippines, you know. She's like, I think she weighs 100 pounds. And Claudia Devalza, she's like my, my, she's a little bigger than me. She's a heavy metal, I think. And so she's like maybe 160. <laughs> it was, you could see the size different. Yeah. And she was like cradling like a baby, but you know. But that chick, Kim, just kept going and going. And she just wouldn't stop. Like, I mean, the point difference was huge. If you want to see the matches on YouTube. But I really like her. And I, I like listening to her talk because she's very upfront. She has the same, same issues as any other jiu-jitsu female player. 
the like nervousness, you know, like, what am I doing? Why am I out here? But you still want to compete. There's something about being able to test yourself. You know, I'll be 50 next month and I'm like, dude, I'm going to do pants. I'm hoping they have a master four. <laughs> I think they'll put me a master five, but I hope they have a master four. I hope I get my own competitor. If not, I'll be with a young, ah, oh, fuck it. Just do it. <laughs> There's something about that. There is to see how, you know, I, but I roll with those chicks every night. They're younger. And that, what, is that a difference? It's their speed. They're like fucking Jack Terriers. They're all over you. You have to slow them down. Like, come here and slow down for a second. You know, they're fast. And they, they retain stuff way better. I mean, if you're younger, you've got more brain elasticity. Mm -hmm, they do. Uh, you you I pick think up they things do. a lot easier. I mean, it's why it's easier to learn a, uh, a second language when you're young. Yeah. Uh, your brain is just uh, is more fluid. Now, there is, I believe it's called Halo. It's it's sort of like a, almost like a speaker system, like a headphone system. You put over your ears and it kind of massages uh, your brain, your skull, enough to stimulate neurons no. to help with uh, your ability to learn. Apparently, Steph Curry uses it. But how much is it? Uh, like two fifty, I believe. So, uh, if you're gonna be lifting weights or something like that, uh, not doing anything special, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe Does not running. Does it play music? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the Can voices in my head would kill me without long enough silence. See, you'd think that, but uh, I, in my experience, like with with um, float tanks, I don't know if you've ever been in a float tank, but that kind of silence is kind of helpful. Like it's. It, it allows for, sometimes you got to listen to the voices in your head. Uh, and sometimes you need to, to be able to reinforce whatever that thing is uh, that is, is keeping you going to, the, to that thing that you're supposed to be going to. I, I, I approve of like absolute solitude every once in a while. Cut off mm -hmm. the lights, kick everyone out of the house, and just, just zone out in darkness. Um, however, doing that too much can be heavy. You, know, you can't, can't do that sort of thing too much. No, I don't do it at all. Fair enough. I think I do it when I go to sleep. Maybe if the cat doesn't want me to go out, like go out the door, she'll wake me up. Maybe the dogs will wake me up. But no, I don't get it. When it's too quiet, I start listening to too many things. You start hearing little creaky noises. I'm like, what's that? I feel like a tweaker in my mouth. You know, like, mouse? <laughs> what's underneath there? Well, yeah, I guess houses have personalities yeah, and they I don't move. Want yeah. yeah, we live in a trailer. Like white trash. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I think of. Like, oh, our house has, our house has a universe underneath it. It's got a city underneath there. Sometimes, sometimes that is what it is. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you got that. You got a small environment, a small universe, a, a families. Things right. going Things. on down there. Uh -huh. I put, cut in a civilizations. Cat. I actually cut in a cat door. <laughs> this is how much I hate the mice. I said, I told my husband, we got to get that cat in there somehow. Without the cold air freezing my pipes. So you know, so I cut in a cat door so the cat could go in and out. This is doing its job. I hope she is. Well, she did find a fat one. I don't know. Two of them came in the house, little shrews, but I think they're trying to get away from her. Now they're going to have to deal with us. I'm, I think I'm going to get another cat. I might be able to talk my husband to another cat. Let me see if I can rent a cat because, I don't know, cats live a long time. <laughs> they do. They, they do. Um, uh, so I have a cat uh, right now, Oreo. Oreo can pee in the toilet. Oh, 
<laughs> Did you teach that cat to do that? No, no. I think that it goes back to me smoking weed early in the morning, sitting on the toilet. I think that she just thinks that's what you're supposed to do in the morning, first thing. And so, you think so? I don't know. I don't know. She's wild. She, she goes to the bathroom though. I've taken some pictures of it. Um, I've tried to shoot video, but it, you know, like she she's wrapping up. She's like, yeah, that's. Private. I don't like being videotaped that's when private, I'm man. peeing, man. You want yeah. me to fucking tape you? <laughs> she'll be standing there. Go ahead, whip it out. <laughs> like that? You like that? I'm <laughs> just watching you. Just trying to take a shit, man. Just trying to take a shit. That's what I tell that puppy every time. It seems like even the animals come in while you're going to the bath, and you're like, oh, I just want some privacy. What is up? This is like my time. Oh yeah, and they want to come like talk, like, hey, oh, what's yo, up, man? Hey, how you doing? I I'm just gonna put my by the toilet. Put my face between your knees. What's up, bud? Yeah, get away. You're my best friend. Hi. No yeah. one else would do this for you. Oh. No, it's called privacy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, so that is the thing on the female submission only. We probably got way off rabbit. That's yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, you know, that's that's what this is all about. Sometimes you got to chase rabbits. Um, to get that submission. Oh, to get that submission. That's one thing about submission. I have actually never been in a submission only tournament where you are not worried about points or uh, you know letting somebody pass. You could maybe you might be passing to actually co- complete a submission. You know, where in a tournament, I've always been in an IBJJF tournament, so it's or the state tournament. You've always had points, so you were not like, I don't want you to pass, kind of, you know, and you were more willing to defend things than passing or getting mount points. You know, and submission only, you know, who cares if they get the mount as long as they're not getting the submission. So then what are your thoughts on like EBI or combat jujitsu? Dude, that shit's awesome, huh? It's kind of stimulating thinking about slapping somebody while you're going for a choke. Okay, I get too excited. I don't know. I, I don't. It, <clears throat> That seems, you know, it could be, I guess, it could turn out to be like the WWE, like if you wanted to. But I think it's exciting and it's, jiu-jitsu is a defense, self-defense art. You know, it's a, I mean, it's a martial art, but it's a self-defense. So you, you should be comfortable if somebody's slapping you, you know, you should be ready for that. Um, a lot of people feel hard. They have a hard time with some of the. Well, you have guys. Wagner Roca. Uh, I love him. Yeah, former UFC guy. Uh, he's he's able to do it real well. Um, if you've got a guy who is already an anaconda on your back and he's slapping your face to try and sink in the choke, that's that's far more I think realistic than. Um, you know, these are your points, and so and so got a takedown, and, and they were able it's... to pass a guard, and da 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 da. Uh, I, I like that from a fan's perspective, from someone watching it. Uh, I think Meta Morris might still be around if uh, if Eddie Bravo and Hoyler were allowed to slap the shit out of each other. Right, because <laughs> twenty minutes of well of lockdown, <laughs> of lockdown, um... and, and you know it's hard when you have two very strong competitors. Two different styles, and you have a style that can has a strong lockdown, and you can do different things. I mean, he had the electric chair thing on him for a long time, and Hoyler, you know, he is not going to clearly a flexible guy. He's flexible, but he is not going to tap to that. He'd rather 
tear something. That's just his nature, personality-wise. Where I would have tapped, there's people that will let limbs get broken. I don't think anything is worth you being uh, disabled or um, dismembered unless it has to do with saving the life of your, ch your children. You know, saving a kid's life. Then if I'm going to lose my hand over it, then I'm going to do that. So yeah. going back to uh, Big Nog Frank Mir. Uh, Frank Mir is a monster, though. He's, he's almost not a real person. By the way, he's also doing professional wrestling now. I think he just likes the cheering. You know, people... Loving and, Frank Mir. Yeah. Frank Mir loves being loved for being Some Frank Mir. Some people like that. that. Can't knock him for it. No, I, I mean, he is crazy. I think his jiu-jitsu is pretty intense. I think if you really, if you just went, like, just jiu-jitsu on him, I think, I think he's very technical, way more technical than people would probably give him, like, you know. He's just got monster. He's just very dominating he's a giant yeah but his personality his attitude too it's not just himself you know what i mean because you could be a big person and not be a giant but the way he feels about it, he's like i'm just gonna tear your arm off i'm just gonna like you're gonna have to break this before i tap and he won't tap you know mm. what i mean like he's just he's just crazy like him and that there was that guy he went against tim uh silva tim sylvia yeah Right, and when Frank Mir, you know, Tim Silbert was so mad that he got that arm bar that he was not going to tap no matter what. <laughs> it was great seeing him talk to the ref. Like, my arm's great. It's, 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 you know, it's dangling, but yeah, it's so, But he said after that, you know, he got that plate in there, and he's like, oh, that helped me out with elbows, you know. But ask him now. That's been 20 years, I think, that fight. It's been a while. Right? Been I mean, over 10. Over ten, I think it's close to twenty years that fight, because the UFC's, it's been what since ninety three. Yeah, that's, oh, that's been thirty something years already. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. It's been a it's, long, long. We're coming up on thirty years of the UFC, so we're yeah. we're talking close to yeah, 15, 30. 20 years since uh since Frank, Frank Mir. Yeah, and when he broke, you ask him how his arm feels now, like if he thought if he really felt that that would be worth that. And he might not have known your adrenaline sometimes going, you know. But one time, I, we saw an elbow pop out during a match. George, my coach, was getting ready to go on. And we were sitting there getting ourselves ready to cheer him on. And there were two purple belts ahead of him. And the one guy went to, I want to say, stop, post the guy from uh, passing. And, you know, they were doing a stand-up. And somehow that guy went to throw him. The other guy went to throw him when he went to throw him. It blocked his arm and his elbow dislocated and his arm just like flopped over and we were like everybody went oh you know this because it was so gross and then the guy just looks at the other guy and like flops his arm back over so it goes back into place and George is standing there and just looking and I'm like oh shit George is gonna come next like, oh you know we were thinking I hope that doesn't happen to George like is that gonna happen I never saw that we're when you go out of state you were like you're like a tourist at tournaments you know I mean you're just amazed at all the competitors but you just stare <laughs> well it's like anything else it's like a segment of society right and you've got all types of people that are there that are there competing for one thing it's like if 
you're going to a jiu-jitsu tournament or you're going to uh, uh, the AVNs, like everyone knows why they're there. Yeah, wrestling tournament. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The, uh, the kids at volleyball, it, it, I never did school sports, so a lot, a lot of my te- classmates have done sports, so it's really nice. Nice that they can tell me how that's supposed to feel because I'll get so jacked up. But when we go out to, I go to Masters, there's over 4,000 people. That's, that's a lot of people. Yeah. You know, when you think about it. I love my coffee. So when you, you're not used to that many people in one room, <laughs> yeah. it could be a little overwhelming. Well, I don't think Nikiski has that many people in the town. <laughs> so legitimately, you have more people there <laughs> trying to kill each other than actually mm. live in the town that you live in. So... From around the world. From around the world. Just trying to kill each other. I met competitors from England, Sweden, Australia, New Zealand. You know. Who's got the friendliest competitors? Oh, I don't know. I think it, uh, when they're... Uh, I would say, actually, England was... Uh, was they were pretty nice. <laughs> they were more social, you know. Brazilians are social, if they speak English, like if you can communicate, you know, sometimes communication can be like, ah, you don't know what to really say to each other. But I think uh, in any culture, there's people, in any group, there's somebody, there's people that are social and as competitors. And then there's people who are not social until after tournament because they're very focused, you know, on that, on what's, what's happening around them. They have way more focus than I do. I am like a beagle in a rabbit farm i just go uh just lose it ham go bananas go go baloney Uh my coaches call me the creeper because i take pictures of him i think i know that guy i think i know that guy i just start taking pictures of upper belts you know yeah it's nice to see like i you see bernardo friara is ferrara how you i'm not sure how you say his name but you know he's a like a six-time black belt world champion so you don't get to see them up here as much at all, unless they come to do seminar. Gabby Garcia, I got to, there. Uh, she took a picture, you know, I'm as high as her chest, like, she's tall. She's, a, she's, she's another a, giant. Yeah, she's a giant, and she's so nice. Like, I mean, she could just be rude and be like, you know, I don't have time, but she takes the time. You know, we had Michelle Nicolini. I think she thought I was crazy. But I was so like girl. You realize you spent like the last forty minutes saying like crazy as shit, and then you're like, she might have just thought I was crazy. (laughs) She was really nice too, but you know, I think for her, um, for her to come up here and teach us that seminar was, it was so that you know that takes time out. They get paid for it, but they could do other things. You know, Alaska is not like a place a lot of people want to come and visit, especially like in the winter time. You know, it's a little cooler. It's not you know warm sunny beaches so it was nice that they they do take the time to come up i enjoy it uh, on the flip side of that okay. my, my experience is that folks from out of state if they're artists or whatever they're excited to come up here even if it is in the winter yeah. um maybe not you know spend a or do a jujitsu tournament but um or jujitsu seminar but yeah generally speaking people like coming up here and so like if you're trying to book someone for a jujitsu seminar you can probably get them at a at a cheaper rate because it's alaska absolutely 100 percent, 100 percent. i wanted to i told uh we have a brown belt nani palmer up in uh, anchorage and i was talking to her about getting leticia ribeiro to come over up here and visit us 
and doing a like girls and geese or you know a seminar and she could bring some of her upper belt females that are like that B uh, Beatrice Matisse I think Bia Matisse is one of her like she taught her for I think she was 12 or 11 so she's a child a kid student black now adult black female. like a child prodigy <laughs> yeah like, like, like you know and Mozart she's of made this little monster now she's a warrior like type of thing so I making mean, a murderer yeah yeah so it's yeah there's like a group of black belts that does a a female thing called that uh, girls and geese they go around from state to state or you know city to city and throw a, a tournament which is kind of neat we got to wrap up All right. in about 40 minutes. May, thank you so much thank for your time. You. you are these knees, ankles, and the wrists that you snap off. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. All right. As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning, A, marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B, marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C, there are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D, for use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E, marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, license 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, license 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, license 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611.